At Solomon Brothers Jewelers, their customers always come first. They're a family business that has been setting the standard of customer care for over 30 years. They have thousands of in-stock options for wedding bands, engagement rings, and loose diamonds, and can promise the lowest prices at the highest quality. A diamond marks a new chapter in your life. Trust Solomon Brothers experts with commemorating the most precious moments in your life. Visit SolomonBrothers.com today to begin making memories. On another episode of the Animation Deliberation Podcast, we are revisiting San Francisco to see our favorite inflated friend. That is right, Baymax is hitting Disney Plus on June 26th, and we are here to talk about Big Hero 6 in anticipation for it. Right after all these ads, we have no control over. When it's time to give a truly special gift to that special someone in your life, why not turn to a jeweler you can trust? Solomon Brothers Jewelers is a family-owned business that's earned Atlanta's trust for decades with high quality, low prices, and the largest selection. Solomon Brothers has thousands of wedding bands, engagement rings, and loose diamonds in stock. Shop Solomon Brothers online at SolomonBrothers.com, SolomonBrothers.com, or stop by stores with locations in Buckhead or Alpharetta and experience the best. Sing along if you know the words. One, two, three, it's time for animation, deliberation, a conversation and a celebration of a favorite action animated series, yeah. Yeah, welcome back to another episode of Animation Deliberation, the podcast where we take action animation seriously, but not too seriously. We are your hosts. I am Zuhara Lee. And I am Andrew Rogers. Andrew, thank you for joining me to talk about this phenomenal movie. How is your weekend going? My weekend is just going fantastic. It's been busy, but making time for a fun movie is always great. And I'm I'm ecstatic to be here. Like, I'm kind of shaking a little <laughs> bit, as Zuhair can see. Like, this is I'm so jittery about this. And full disclosure to the audience, I had not seen this movie prior to I think I started it at like midnight last night. So that should tell you how much passion i put into this movie already and it was my first time viewing it so i'm excited and for me to give full disclosure i did not get a chance to watch it again but i have watched it plenty of times in the past so i cannot turn down this opportunity to do so plus i'm very excited for the show i have been telling people to watch and rewatch and get all the exposure to baymax as they possibly can because this movie is fantastic also it is later than our usual recording time so we are very loony right now apologies in advance <laughs> but do you want to just dive right into this? Yes, yes. I have let's... two important questions for you. Please hit me with them. Let's go. <laughs> I forgot what the first question was, so I'm just going to stick with the uh, the main important question. Are you ready? What did you think of this movie? And oh, that was the other question. Was it worth my hype? So, quick answer: Yes, it was worth the hype, and. Oh my gosh, this movie was amazing. Like, I went in not knowing totally. I mean, I knew a little bit of the premise. I knew some of the plot points already. I knew who Baymax was, but like, was not prepared for possibly one of the best Disney animation movie experiences I have had in years. This might easily be within the top five, like Disney animated. I'm not even going to compare to Pixar because that's a whole mess, but just Disney animation. This was so much fun. I had a get your bleep ready in the edit zoo hair, a shit eating grin on my face the whole time. Like I was not prepared to just be a giddy, happy kid. Like this movie falls into the top of the ranks when it comes to 
underrated and undercovered Disney movies with Brother Bear, one of my other favorites, Atlantis, The Lost Empire, another one of my favorites. Like, I love those movies that don't get enough love. And I didn't really realize how much this movie was going to fall into that because this was just an amazing experience like i don't advocate for this often listeners if you have not seen this movie yet turn off the podcast go (laughs) do yourself a favor and watch like i i cannot express how much i enjoyed this film i am sure i sound giddy and energetic and it's just because i am i absolutely adored this i text sue hair this exact quote i knew this movie was going to be my cup of tea but i was the whole kettle like it's now, what just... was the first text you sent me oh just thank you just the yeah. word thank you with nothing else because he has been recommending this uh i can't you know discount my other friends who have been saying it for years my lovely girlfriend monica and my friend jillian you two have also been telling me this movie's amazing but like now getting around to it i have been sleeping on this and so has the rest of the world if this is not talked about as such an amazing film and i know it's because i'm a nerdy engineer and this has a lot of those things that i'm going to talk about but it was just so good (laughs) well thank you ladies for loosening the pickle jar i'm glad that it could have finally opened it up to you (laughs) (laughs) love that love that Uh, but yeah he is not exaggerating over the eating grin that he ever so eloquently said if man we got to make this a video podcast one day (laughs) your face is a delight to look at and yeah dude the the first time that the trailer for this movie came out it was just intense superhero music close-ups of like baymax's limbs and like trying to get the armor on and just like it just wasn't fitting and just like totally exploded (laughs) at the end that was the very first teaser trailer i watched it with my mom and both of us just busted out laughing and from that moment we were like sold on this movie we couldn't wait to watch it um actually when i went to kanye for like prayers and stuff i was talking to my friends my mom literally saw me talk to my friends ran out and she was like did you show them that disney iron man trailer yet and I was like, one <laughs> way to so put cute. it but yeah she was like show them right now show them right now and like <laughs> despite the scenario that we were in like she was like with me and my friends like watching the trailer again outside and man, it lived up to like the excitement that me and my mom had for this and I'm just so excited that there's going to be a six episode series all about Baymax. Oh, yeah. I Baymax is just amazing. Like in my notes, I even have written slapstick that works because like slapstick so often doesn't work. And the way that Baymax just has the physical comedy that is hitting him around, falling over, getting knocked <laughs> in the face, you know, weekend at Bernie's style. And it somehow is still funny all these years later, like so many other movies it felt like couldn't have hit the comedic notes where it would get old and there's so many of the things in this movie that happen where Baymax just repeats something like four times and every time I'm laughing and I'm like I don't know why this works I think it's the lovability of the huggable Baymax but like there were just so many things that they did right that kept that smile on my face except for when you're crying like there was just so much lovability out of that character that I I can't explain that I I don't know how this is so slept on, but apparently I did it for gosh, when did this movie come out? 2014? Yep. So eight years at this point, I was sleeping on just an amazing piece of content. Not just animated content, content. Hello, I am Baymax, your personal healthcare companion. 
Ah, so good. And like that was for good. years, for absolutely years of just fist bumping people and going, ah. <laughs> and the amount of fights that I have gotten into telling people that they did it wrong and they needed to get it straight. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what you heard. I don't know what you remembered. It's blah, 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 blah. Get it right. He's right. I did just watch this movie. I can confirm he did it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> But no, there was just so much, so much greatness out of this film. Like, uh. oh, I forgot to ask. Did you watch the end credit scene? Oh, yes. With um, <laughs> I can't remember the character's name. I can only remember that he's voiced by. The... Oh, Fred. Yeah, Fred. I'm like, he's voiced. I thought from you the were about to Deadpool. say you couldn't remember Stan Lee's name. And I was like, no, sir, no, that sir. Was... <laughs> kick me off the podcast. And I think like Matt and Jeff, not that I'm an employee, they would fire me for you. <laughs> like they would call you and say, get Andrew out of there now. <laughs> no, obviously, I, I knew who Stan Lee was. And no, like as the credits were rolling, me and my friend were like, man, it was so awesome seeing that giant portrait of Stan Lee. It would have been so cool if he was actually in this. And that when that came up, oh, my God, were we just freaking out in the theater just so giddy of both of them doing the underwear thing together oh my god it was just like this again it shouldn't be funny but it just was like <laughs> underwear comedy is not funny but stan lee does it beautifully <laughs> fred was such a gem in this movie yes they somehow wrote him as the stupid buddy sidekick but in the intelligent like he means well way I guess he's almost like the anti Eeyore. The premise yes. of Eeyore being that he's like depressed, but he's like still accepted into the group. And this one, it's like, he's the high energy mascot that just loves everybody and loves the environment that he's in, but he's just not smart enough, but they still let him in the group and they, he's, they just enjoy having him. And he's a great addition to it. And the fact that he actually gets his own superhero suit that breeds fire and still flips signs and stuff like Everything about it was just so beautifully incorporated. Oh, yeah. And I mean, you talk about the group. That whole friend group was just an amazing dynamic. They were amazingly smart people. I think the reason I grafted onto them is because smart robotic engineers, as we all know, I wish I could be that, but I just get to be a giddy, nerdy boy seeing all that stuff. But they were all genuine. They were actual friends. They were there for each other in all of the ways that you would want actual friends to be. And they just all complimented each other so well that I don't know who I love most out of all of them. They're just all the best character. Well, that killed my next question. Now, did you have a favorite of the three, whether it be personality wise or power wise? So you're saying favorite of the three being go, go honey and, uh, apple slicer. Wasabi. Yes. Are you saying those three? Um, Hmm. I think, and this is something I knew prior to watching the movie because I had seen it a while back. I kind of want to say Honey, if we're talking power-wise, just because it was pointed out very early on that her power basically is her being a genius because the keys on her little bag are chemicals and she's mm -hmm. making the chemicals on the fly to, mm -hmm. oh, I need a sticky thing. Let me just combine these things that would make something sticky as opposed to the, you know, green arrow. Oh, let me just reach into my quiver and pull out the exact sticky arrow I need in this one situation. Like she was making it on the fly. And yeah. I just think that's a cool adaptation of a lot of other superhero tropes that we've already seen. The other two were interesting uh, characters. I don't know about their powers as much, but uh, Honey Lemon's powers I think might be the coolest of 
the group i mean aside from baymax how could baymax not just be the best yeah he's just uh a fluffy iron man as my mom puts it <laughs> it might be better than iron man i don't know Ooh, those are fighting words right there <laughs> suddenly we got the most feedback we've ever had in our career <laughs> brought up green arrow not hawkeye somebody's gonna fight me <laughs> yeah i mean speaking of superhero movie tropes the first fight scene that they had as a group obviously had the trope of like not being able to get the chemistry down pun intended uh, <laughs> losing to the main villain this goes wrong that goes wrong but still all of it was done so well like you knew that they weren't going to win at that point but seeing everybody kind of collapse whether it be wasabi being too scared or uh honey lemon panicking not be able to get the stuff together and then of course hero just going berserk and murderous which was very heavy for a disney movie but just the emotional weight of the tragedy that really fuels this movie and how it affects everything and how they deal with it like just all of it was so beautifully done and you really are like uncomfortable with the high heart rate on the edge of your sheet sheet seat throughout all of it like i said late night loony can't speak not that i can do that on a regular day anyways I was just going to let you edit out your mistake, but I guess that's got to stay now. But um, I don't, see, I thought that I couldn't do a clean edit, which is why I was just being vocal. And now you <laughs> added that, and now I don't know how to edit any of this out. So we're just keeping all of it. So screw you for pretending this isn't a live thing. Oh, gosh, I, <laughs> we need a video because the way that I am just pumping my arms and cheering at our misfortunes is amazing. Um, My misfortune. <laughs> your misfortune. So you bring up a really good point that is probably going to surprise some longtime listeners of this show. A lot of you know that I am a very plot structured guy when I watch movies and I like interesting conversations and all these other things. This plot was nothing unique to me. I kind of figured out, okay, the Duke of Wesselton uh, is the red herring and he's not actually the villain and that it's probably going to be the professor. Like I figured out all of that stuff pretty early on and you know you saw the misfortune of them wiping out coming and all these other things and yet i still adored this movie and i think it was the way that they wrote the characters themselves the interactions that they have the way that they use their powers like a great scene is after you talk about hero went berserk they all showed up to the house and they didn't say we're abandoning you they didn't say dude that's too far over the line we got a batman you you're done or, hey, we haven't seen you in so long, like, since the incident. Yeah, there was just so many of those interactions that were like, hey, we know what you're going through. We lost our friend, too. We just got to fix this the right way. Like, we're going to do what friends do. But we also agree, this dude needs to go. Like, he killed our friend. We got to get him. So it was just so many of those little things that they wrote the character so well that I didn't know where the characters were going. I knew where the plot was going. So there was still so much interest and so much intrigue out of the characters and the dialogue that they gave, which I guess is par for the course for the way that I usually rate movies is on dialogue purposes. But just it was so good and so wonderful in the way that it was predictable in an unpredictable way. And I I, I loved it. Man, they made us really feel for a villain, too. Like when we find out like why he was trying to get that technology and what his intents were with it. Yeah, and I don't I don't know if I totally understand the motivations. Like, I understand ninety percent of the motivations, but 
he stole the tech in the fire, he could have come out and said like, or I guess so that here, let me ask you a question, I suppose, before I go totally into this. Do we know that the professor set the fire or did the fire well, just happen? Based off my memory, I thought it was the fire just happened. So that's the thing. The fire. That's what I kind of thought. The fire just happened. He happened to be close to the nanobots or microbots, and then he happened to use them to save himself. Why didn't he just say, hey, I happen to live. I want to use your technology to help try and do a thing. Like, why did he have to go full villain and fake his death? That was a little bit of the weirdness. But I also totally Maybe understand. Maybe he was under heavy surveillance because of, like, his beef with the CEO dude, uh, Alistair Cray. Yeah, it could be that. And I mean... We've talked at length, grief makes you do some crazy things and lose your mind, and we could very well just chalk it up to the minute he had that technology at his fingertips, he realized what he could do and just went mad titan with power. Yeah, a little bit of both. I think it was just logic went out the door. He just needed to do whatever he needed to to save his daughter. Uh, but and that I'm actually that reminds me to finally do that for him at the end. That actually reminds me. His goal wasn't to save his daughter. His goal was to actually kill Cray. And then it happened to be, oh, my daughter's still alive in the most beautifully animated multiverse or universe I've ever <laughs> seen. Like, that was a stunning, stunning scene. I was absolutely or, um, blown away. Before Into the Spider-Verse ever came out, too. Oh, this? Uh, nah, Into the Spider-Verse is just apples and oranges compared to that they're they're <laughs> they're two totally different styles and you can't make me pick a favorite child oh uh, not that i was planning on it but it's okay just, good just the the things that this movie was able to do and this is like we're probably at the peak of being flooded by like new superhero stuff between dc trying to start the universe marvel being in the middle of theirs after avengers coming out like this is at the point where you know, the non diehard fans were really starting to like burn out from superhero stuff. And for this movie to come out and be as amazing as it was. And, and that being said, this movie is the reason I'm not a fan of frozen. And it's because <laughs> of its that. popularity of that one freaking song. Like it kind of ruined the numbers for big hero six because of its popularity. And I felt like this had a stronger storyline and more. I don't know. It, it could just be personal preference. This I felt like had more going for it, but because of the actual like kid demographic of Frozen, it really outshined Big Hero 6 in a negative way, in my opinion. And I will forever have problems with it because of that. Yeah, it's that hard line when you talk about animation, because this is definitely slightly less for little kids and a little bit more like at least opposed to Frozen. And I think it's kind of the growing pains of like what Lightyear is going through right now, that it's not quite for little, little kids. Also bad marketing because they're not promoting socks enough. That so that little kids can grab on. And I think, meow, 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 meow. yeah, like having that other movie overshadow, it just didn't do it any favors. And I do wonder, you know, you talked about not. Oh, my God, hurt. we had a cute cat in this one, too. Sorry, we did have Mochi. Mochi's very cute. Um, 
Good kitty. Good kitty. <laughs> okay, I'm going to take the tangent here. How did they make a drunk character actually funny? Again, these are things that are like tropes and cartoons that just don't usually work to be funny for me. And yet mm -hmm. Baymax acting drunk and Hero having to hide <laughs> Baymax from Aunt Cass was so funny. I was dying. That whole sequence as he came up the stairs, she's like, wings. And she's like, yeah, wings. I'm like, no, no, that's not. <laughs> it was so, so good and there was just all those little foreshadowed notes that like his battery was going to die because he used lithium ion instead of a capacitor battery it was just ugh. but yeah no i just wonder as a going back to what i was saying you talk about the burnout that people were getting for superhero movies and i wonder if this suffered a little bit because of that like if you look at the zombie craze of how many zombie movies we got from the mid-2000s into the 2010s by mm -hmm. the 2010s we were sick and tired of zombie movies anything that came out later in that craze like world war z just didn't do quite as well as the early stuff like the walking dead did because people were sick of it and i just wonder if this hit that point where people were sick of superheroes pre you know the big avengers things that made everyone fall back in love with superheroes around the time of like infinity war i wonder if they just hit that bad mark and that could have been it for me as well, because like I said, I did not see this movie until now, and I just don't understand how I was sleeping <laughs> on a masterpiece. I'm just I'm upset at myself as much as I'm excited that I'm finally a part of this, and I'm oh, I'm so happy. Yeah. How did you feel? Actually, another two questions. Did I love you the questions. know about the Tadashi scene, and how did you feel about it when that explosion happened? So I think I had heard or I, I think I saw an Instagram post a while back, like, why does Disney have to kill off the good older sibling all the time? And Tadashi mm. was like in the picture. So I kind of had an inkling that he was going to die at some point. So it still hit me pretty hard when the explosion happened. I just wasn't a puddle as I would have been like if I didn't know it was coming, I think I would have broken down, but it yeah. was just more of a tear up. Okay. But I will say the setup was amazing because the big brother thing of I'm going to take you to my lab, introduce you to my friends. You're going to literally meet your hero in robotics and I'm going to get you out of your crime thing was just so beautifully done. It was the big yes. brother doing big brother things that I absolutely adored. Like, not to mention him just being one of those weirdly handsome Disney animated characters that you like kind of just immediately have a crush on. Like he is just a handsome guy. Yeah. You just fell in love right out the gate. And so it was crushing for the death, but also that was possibly the most visceral explosion or death scene in general that Disney animation has ever done. Like I, I was expecting he runs into the fire and the fire brigade shows up and says no one made it or something along those lines. I was not expecting him to get blown back by a beautifully animated, I must say, explosion that knocks him off his feet. I was completely stunned by that actual fact. Yeah, you were expecting like the Tadashi no and then it just fades out. Yeah, like fades out, into fades into depressed. the funeral or something. Yeah, yeah. Nah, they did a my my heart absolutely sunk when that happened. I was oh like God. it I was actually in genuine fear and remorse, like, no, he's he's not dead. 
There's no way he's dead. He can't be dead. And then, like, when they were going through his depression scenes of just not doing anything with himself, just day in, day out, playing games, whatever, like, I was in denial throughout that whole montage of grief. I was like, there's no way. Absolutely love that guy. What do you mean he's dead? And the way that they depicted the pain and the impact of that moment and then actually have this like you're going to have to deal with this grief with our main character right now was a super ballsy thing for disney to do loved every bit of it i feel like these are the lessons and things that while it may be depicted heavy like grief is a heavy thing i mean watching mufasa die in lion king wasn't any easier when i actually was that age oh yeah so yeah it's it's one of those things where i'm like still speechless on it because of how heavy it was and still just how well done everything about that sequence was and then still like every time we get a bit of hope like he has a mission he has his friends he has the suits now but still when things don't go right like he's still ready to kill somebody he's ready to kill like ready to take out the part of Baymax that makes him Baymax and actually make a murder bot. Like the fact that all of that actually happened was like, yes. Yeah. Almost like, 10 years later, what eight years later, I still can't come up with the words for it. And that is the one thing like, I didn't even watch it this weekend and it's still a, hitting me like this. <laughs> a lesser movie would have let the team stop him from pulling out the chip and have him realize, no, I, I couldn't have done that. That's not what Tadashi would have wanted. This movie let him actually defeat his team and get the chip out. Like yeah. that was insane. But you talk about the grief and I think I love that they didn't just swipe it under the rug. Like, the minute Baymax woke up, he didn't snap out of it. He didn't say, oh my god, you're still here. You were what Tadashi was working on. I'm going to continue this. Instead, he was trying to dismiss Baymax. He was trying to still be the sunken, sullen, depressed, grieving person that he was being. Mm -hmm. And then it wasn't until later that he finally was able to get over it. Even though he was fighting alongside Baymax, like you said, it was still there. And it was just a wonderful choice with the character's of not just letting it disappear because you have someone to give you a hug. He's instead fighting that hug and he's fighting yeah. that and he's trying to get over it his own way uh, until he realizes he does need the others. Like Baymax says, you know, you need the people to call, you need the people to give you the hug. You need all those mm -hmm. things. And oh, when they were all wet and they all went and gave Baymax a hug and he had the little heater in him. Yeah, and they were just so happy, and it was just like, oh, it's like, yes, give me a big Baymax to hug, please. <laughs> yeah, uh, it really is amazing how it was like, they had to evolve it to turn his grief into trying to work towards something, try to actually accomplish Tadashi's mission with what he built Baymax for. So, like, he's obviously still hurting, this is still something that he's going to take some time to get used to, but... He's finally like moving it towards a more positive objective than to just grieve and hurt like he had been. Yeah, and I mean, quite literally, you see him go through the five stages in this movie. Yeah. Like he sees what's going on. He's like, this can't be happening. He goes through denial. The minute he finds out the professor's alive and his brother's not, he kind of has more denial and then switches right to anger. After anger, he's kind of got to go through that bargaining of like, 
all right, I already tore down Baymax once. I, I need to get the helmet scanner back. I need to figure this out. But what about my friends? And kind of gets all the way there until he finally hits, you know, acceptance at the end. He kind of does it out of order. Yeah. Depression's earlier on. But there's still, like, all five of those stages are shown again without spelling it out like it's a perfect way for kids to realize you might have these emotions you might have these thoughts but you're going to get through them you're going to use the people you're going to do the different things to get to that point where you can be happy whether it be a baymax or a friend or an aunt or whatever it might be oh sweet aunt cassie she's such a gem she she is just absolutely top tier like disney aunt older sibling the replacement for parent in whatever movie she yeah. is up there with all of them it's so good I, I there really are no cons in this movie for me it's just such a delight and the villain was so cool a dude in a kabuki mask look that kabuki mask looked awesome and terrifying at the same time everything about the microbots as weapons were actually really cool and really well done Oh, the animation. The animation on that was just... Oh, they did... It was such a cool concept, and the way that you could see the mind was transforming. You can't watch mm. my arms being tentacles, listeners, but you can just trust <laughs> that I am flailing them all over. Like, just it flail was with just them. so cool. Yeah, just flail with me, everyone, <laughs> even driving. if you're in your car. Oh, <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, I'm going to have my geek out moment, and then I want to ask a question that I think is going to give you a geek out moment. The introduction of Baymax scene... I lost my mind when they they walked in the lab and they went through all of the different projects that they were working on that she had the bike with the hover or the magnetic suspension holding the wheel on there that you had the photo real lasers that were cutting through different things. But then when he went to Baymax and he's like, oh, silicon shell, I'm like, that's probably the material you would want to work and sticks his face inside. And he's like, oh, wow, you yes. have the hydraulics actually working. <laughs> oh, is that carbon fiber? And he's like, no, titanium or. I don't think it was titanium. It was some other metal, which is lighter. And he's like, oh, that's a really good idea because it would be lighter. And he's like, yeah, and it's really strong, which it is in tensile strength. And it was just so many great things of like the technology. And, you know, we couldn't really have a Baymax or we're not quite to Baymax period yet, but we're getting there. And the fact that they take the time to put in all these technological notes, even if you don't understand them, you know that they are there's someone out there that cares and that someone is probably me. Oh, I loved it. It was just there were so many of those good notes that had me geeking out like I am now, and I loved it. And now the question I want to ask you, how much did you love the fighting montage of uploading all of the karate and the different martial arts to Baymax and just having him chop through things and throw punches in the garage? Like, how how was that? I mean, this you? was this Take was before I was ever a martial artist, but it was a super fun scene of just kind of like, this is stuff we're going to have to use. Sure, let's give it a try. <laughs> uh yeah well i do have one that i want you to look out for when you uh unfortunately have to rewatch this before we watch the show oh no i am like 90 percent sure they hid an avatar the last airbender reference in the fighting montage and it was yeah, right at that's the... not based off of ancient chinese martial arts well it was whatsoever. right at the end he did like a sideways kind of two-handed punch almost as though he was arcing his body 
and it looks exactly like the sun dragon dance that they do when they're learning firebending and they have the dragons around them. And I'm like, did they just hide that? Is Baymax a firebender? Are we going to get some, (laughs) what's going on here? Hang on. Like, where did he get this footage to give to Baymax? I need to know. Is there Canon avatar in San Francisco? Please help me. San Francisco. San Francisco. (laughs) Thank you. Also the amalgamation of cultures that they had in the characters and San Francisco the city they were in (laughs) it it was just beautiful like it wasn't too forced because even if you don't know all of them there was just so many notes that i was just like that's cool and they're pulling this from over here and these people and watch this movie just watch this movie. yeah like the japanese like entryways and stuff and how they incorporated that into the golden great bridge was awesome i love that so much Yes, and I was really wondering there it, when they went out to the island. It looked like there was a smaller island with some billing, buildings on there. I'm like, they didn't need to add a small island with a bunch of cement buildings. Is that supposed to be their Alcatraz in this world? Like it, it felt like a deliberate note. And I'm a big Alcatraz nerd, as is I am <laughs> with a lot of things. So I was just I was on the spy for it. And when I saw it, I'm like, I think that's it. I think that's a reference right there. <laughs> But oh, it was so good. That's all I can say. That's all I can really say. Like, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we missed. For the sake of the listeners, it's great that I didn't because I just. Why have you people not watched it yet? And I'm sure most of our listeners are going to be like, I've watched this. I know animation things, but like, hopefully, there's some of you out there that haven't, and you get to experience everything I'm experiencing now because it's just. I hope I'm not overhyping it for you, but I fell in love with this. I did it. That's true. Oh, uh, I need to geek out about something else. I just opened my notebook. (laughs) You will not. I don't know if you will understand this. I don't often laugh at my computer screen. Like I'll, I'll do the occasional chuckle. It takes something very funny for me to full out laugh when I am watching something. And I don't know why this was it. But there is a specific parts catalog called McMaster Car that is sitting in Tadashi's lab right at the end when he turns Baymax on. And I lost my mind because this is like the engineering standard that every company ever when they can't find like, oh, we need to buy this screw or we need to buy this, you know, drain pipe. I just go to McMaster car. I just get it on McMaster car. Just pull out oh, the catalog of McMaster car. And he had it on his thing. And like only high volume customers of like technical parts usually get those textbooks from the company or catalogs from the company so the fact that tadashi had one i don't know why i just started crumbling because it was the funniest (laughs) thing to know that someone in this animation team was like i know engineers let me put this in his lab because it was just it was so unnecessary to have a real name brand catalog sitting directly there when paymax turns on that's awesome i mean we already know like how much attention disney puts into this stuff to like really grab the eye of the people who are in it and the fact that you could grab somebody grab something so minor as that is yeah you like, love it even more because like, <laughs> most people majority of people had no idea what that was i found a reddit post from like eight years ago mentioning this and it had like 10 upvotes and two comments 
like it didn't get a lot of traction. Not a lot of people well, were freaking out about it. Go find it now and give it 11. I did. I did give it the 11th. I, I want this person, if they're listening, they need to know I upvoted your post. It was great. But like <laughs> most people did not care. And I was losing my mind thanking whatever Disney exec did this. Good <sighs> stuff, my friend. This has become more of the... Um... I told you so. Let's hear you have a good time episode. It's great. I have loved that you have questions for me to be able to answer because I had so many thoughts bouncing around. <laughs> so being able to channel them in some way is, is glorious purpose. Let's, let's tidy it up a little bit. Let's give it a good path to talk about. Uh, Scoots would have lost his mind trying to corral me tonight. The energy <laughs> that I have is is like double what it usually is. <laughs> Late night looniness, everyone. Woo! Ew! Those little squid arms wiggling around. Noodle arms. Look at your notebook again. What else you got? I, I, I mean, that was all that I had written down because, like, I didn't want to write a lot down because I was enjoying the movie. A lot of this was stuff that I just jotted, like, right at the end when things were running through my head. But it was just... It was so good. Um, the catchphrase that, like, we need to bring out of this movie, though... Uh, stop whining woman up let's <laughs> seriously with everything going on we need to make this a mainline thing like woman up that's what needs to be happening i'm gonna try and remember like just it was an awesome thing to hear her say not once but twice but just like the confidence with which gogo said it i was just mm -hmm. like oh yes she is in charge let's go she's such a badass i loved her character so much again the characters they were just they didn't overwrite them they could have written her as the you know leather boot wearing i'm gonna be a tough girl and chew gum and they could have written wasabi as the big buff guy that's actually a softy and they toned it down to the point that it was actually believable that they were real people that yeah she might have the hard exterior but she actually cares about people she might want you to be tough and woman up and plus pushy out of the driver's seat but that's just because she's in danger and she needs to take control she's not mean about it she's not rude she's just strong and independent her, and amazing her cool thing for me was like her her fixation like she was just making these i don't know like scientific method like you're supposed to make changes not too much she was taking notes of everything she was very good at about that but like she was messing up so often and getting frustrated and going right to the next thing. I like that she was like in this smart school, but like struggling with her craft and her attitude was like kind of getting in the way and it just a little bit too. Because yeah, cause once it, it she wasn't got a fresh set of eyes, it made a huge difference. And uh hero was able to make the changes that she needed. Of course, he's like the genius of the group and all that, but it was just cool to see. It's like, I am smart, but I am very frustrated and cannot make the progress because I'm not like letting myself calm down and like open up the possibilities a bit more. Well, because it was really interesting. If you noticed most of their other inventions, be it Baymax or the turning metal into dust, they weren't quite complete or they didn't really have an application yet. They, they still had some work to be done. Hero walked in, looked at her bike, and said, wow, I never would have thought to use magnetic suspension. Suddenly you can go faster, you don't have as much resistance, you don't have as much need for a spring in your actual suspension point. This is amazing. He didn't point out a flaw. He did not mm -hmm. say anything was wrong with it. 
She probably could have sold that and made money, made it a product, helped people. But instead, her response when he said it goes pretty fast, she said, not fast enough for me. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly what you said. It was her persistence. She wanted it to go faster because that's the only thing that she really wanted. Yeah. And it was probably getting in the way of some other thing. And it's so subtle that it took until you mentioned that and me talking this out yeah. to actually pick up on that. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful that your own ambition can get in the way like that. Yeah. And you, no one realizes it. No one pointed it out to her. No one said it. She didn't realize it. It was just there. Yeah, because even though a lot of this is science, there is an art to it. There is an artistic perspective to this that sometimes get lost when you need like scientific solutions to it all. And one of the things that I learned in a drawing class that I absolutely love to this day is art never stops. It just no art is never finished. It just stops in interesting places. And that was one of the things that she was struggling with, thinking that it needed to be perfect and needed to be done. But it was like, hey, you're just in your interesting spot right now. It can be developed. It can be improved. But you need to take a step back from it and then get back to it at that point. And those just little intricacies were love it. Yeah, it's why some of the best engineers and inventors are known for multiple projects and products and not just one because they decided to stop and put this thing on hold while they worked on something else and hey it turns out that that one thing that you put on hold or stopped at that point might actually be really good so while you decided to work on a bunch of things you hit that magic point because you don't know what you're actually looking for until you find it a lot of the time yeah it's like when i go into somebody's house for real estate photos and ask them how to turn on a light and they're just like we don't know never notice that light doesn't turn on like, hmm. how long four years okay <laughs> let me be your fresh set of eyes <laughs> i'm glad you explained that you're a real estate photographer after saying when i go in someone's house um... yes oh my god okay we're gonna derail a little bit um are we gonna Matthew tell the story Caro. i'm gonna tell a story because <laughs> i was so worried oh my god you know Matt's going to listen to this, too. I know. It's fine. So, <laughs> Fatty Carroll was talking about this experience that it had at work. And for some for the listeners that know me, it probably would have gone over their head. But the wording, like, really concerned me. Because he was like, yeah, Zoo um, met one of, his, one of the listeners because he was just in their house. And I was like, no. Tell them I'm a real estate photographer. Don't tell them I was just chilling in a stranger's house and made friends with the owner. That's not what happened. That's not what I do. Tell them, Matt. Tell them. And I think like maybe like 15 or 20 seconds later into telling the story, he was like, oh, Sue like takes pictures of architecture and house photography. And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I was just thinking of all the listeners that Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast has and how many are they just like, what was Zoo doing? uh that's amazing well i don't have much else to say about this movie do you or do we just want to talk about the other amazing podcast things that you have going on while we're on the topic um before we get to that i just want to talk about how excited i am for baymax like it's six episodes the the cast is returning for it i don't remember the trailer i've watched the trailer once and I remember I'm, Baymax at the bottom of the stairs and a cat, and that's all I have. My mind is just blank beyond that. 
Okay, and that's fine, because I'm at the point where I watched the teaser trailer and trailer one, and that's about it, especially for, like, MCU stuff. And I like that I'm going a blind because I just don't need to be sold on anything else except for there's a show about Baymax. Yeah, I'm so, so, so excited for the show. For the listeners, we typically... So when we were doing the Young Justice stuff, we were recording on Thursdays, but the show comes out on Wednesdays. So you have between... When it comes out on Wednesdays and when we record on Thursday evenings to send in your feedback, please, please, please. We want to talk to you guys about it because I am very excited and I love talking to the listeners of the show more than anything. Um, In regards to other things that I am doing, I have been on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast every week to talk about Miss Marvel. It has been nice kind of being able to translate the Pakistani culture stuff that happens in the show, just based off my own experiences being a Pakistani American. Uh, really cool show. Loving on them. Love being on that podcast to talk about it every week. So go check that out if you haven't gotten enough of my voice yet. You also starred on another thing that was kind of Miss Marvel related last week uh, on the MCU cast. The interview. Oh, that was a couple of weeks ago and it just came out last week. That's what I just, you know. Uh, yeah, so we actually got to interview one of the actresses, Auntie Rosie, from the show. I call her Anjali Didi now. She is amazing. Um, hopefully we can drag her to be on this show to talk about Vox Machina and more. Can't promise it, but I am poking. And uh, Andrew, <laughs> do you want to tell them about the interviews that we got coming up? Oh, yes. Um, If you get a chance, we don't know quite when this is going to hit the feed, because like we said, we're recording late Sunday, so it's hopefully going to go up on monday um on tuesday the 28th we have an interview with the concert master of the bob's burgers movie and he has also played in a number of orchestras and different movies a lot of marvel movies i believe he was in the orchestra for the avengers and ant-man as well as a ton of other things so this is going to be our first kind of musical based interview And unfortunately, as much as I usually do the talking of the music, I'm actually not going to be here. So I'm going to be writing in some of the questions for the host to read. So if you have any questions that you think you would like to get a concert master to answer, or you just want to know more things about the musical process going into feature films, uh, write into us and we'll definitely uh, get those into our asking pool when we're going over how we're going to run this interview. And then have we confirmed the second interview yet? Zuhair, or should I leave that one as a surprise? Ooh, now that we just teased it, let's leave it as a surprise. Leave it as a surprise? Okay. So we have a definite date. Yeah, no, that'll be fun. You're going to have to listen to find out for the interview. <laughs> and um, I will say, listeners, I do want to be a little bit transparent with you guys. Um, I am in the next, like, two weeks doing a cross-country move i currently live in new york and am going to california which as a lot of you know that's a distance to travel so if i don't (laughs) yeah i know it sucks but uh as excited as i am for big hero 6 i don't know how many of the baymax uh appearances i'm going to be able to be on i'm gonna try and write or record in my voice whenever i can but i'm just gonna let you guys know to not uh, hold up what hits your feeds when i'm going to be letting zuhair and jay scotty still record on the thursdays like we usually do and if i can make it great but 
unfortunately I may be in and out, but don't worry. I'll still be covering all the social medias. So if you want to interact with me in any sort of way, you can message us on there. Always give us a like and a follow animation deliberation podcast on Instagram and Facebook and animation Delib one on Twitter. I'll be giving updates there as we go and everything going on forward. And that's kind of all I have in the world. Well, I have a couple other podcast appearance stuff going on in the background, but none of that's confirmed. So to tease even more, you're just going to have to keep listening to all of our shenanigans with that. Oh, you're going to let us record on Thursday. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for your blessing. <laughs> I'm going to keep all of this silence in here. <laughs> <laughs> just like, what do I say? I'm trying to be nice and let the listeners know. Jeez, I can't catch a break around here, folks. I've been—I haven't been here a year yet, so they—they they can't quite let me have it. But after that one-year point, there's gonna—I'm not taking any more from them. It's just my show now. I'm older than you. I'm never gonna let you have it. Darn it! <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for tolerating our late-night looniness. We will be back to talk about Baymax and hopefully much more. So tune in next time. And as always, stay whelmed. Until you hear me again with some Baymax stuff. Muscle, muscle. Thank you for listening to the Animation Deliberation Podcast, a proud member of the Stranded Panda Network. If you would like to contact us, you can email animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at animationdelib1. For this and other great shows, you can visit strandapanda.com or join the great community that is the Strandapanda Chat Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash svchat. Tune in next time, and remember, stay whelmed. Drew and Jonathan Scott here to tell you that American Family Insurance wants to protect your dreams. So whether you're at home singing in the shower, every note, or prefer singing your heart out in the car like Drew, cruising, you can save up to 23% when you bundle your home and auto insurance with American Family Insurance. Get a quote or find an agent at amfam.com. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, SI, and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.